and welcome back to Everyday Theologian. Uh, I'm Chad Lewis, uh, sitting here again with Pastor Ty Kormash. Welcome. Uh, yeah. Ready for another conversation? Um, this week we're talking about scripture uh, and acts of mercy. Uh, but before we get into that, um, I thought this would be a good time for anyone that's not a part of the church that might be listening. Uh, kind of celebrating this week, uh, Pastor Ty just... Uh, what? Just, uh, yeah, she yeah. completed uh, her ordination process, uh, and only thing left is the actual ceremony for ordination. That's right, yeah. So here in the United Methodist Church, um, it's a whole long process. <laughs> Several years, lots of interviews, lots of um, investment in ministry, and I had my final interviews about a week or so ago, and I was approved, so we're pretty excited. Um June 18th, I will be officially fully ordained. Yay! Yeah. Very exciting. <laughs> uh, fun thing that uh, uh, you get to celebrate and the church gets to celebrate with you. Yes, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm really grateful to be here in this time and place. And what a great place to be doing ministry and being able to celebrate this with everybody is just going to be pretty fabulous. Yep. yep. And of course, I can't forget all the many congregations and so many people over the years who have been such a support and an encouragement, um, just edifying my my gifting and sharing just that encouragement along the way. So from Zillianople to Wheeling, West Virginia, to Silver Spring, Maryland, and back again, um, what a journey it's been. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> All right, so uh, last week we did a little bit with um, prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about inward prayer and kind of the practice of getting used to having conversations with God. Right. Uh, bringing that out to being able to pray for others with others. Um, and then acts of uh, busy prayer, we called it. Yep. Um, you know, kind of living into uh, who God made us to be. Um, reflecting uh, the image of God uh, mm -hmm. that he created within us. Mm -hmm. um, and right, then, and that no matter where we were or what we were doing, everything we do can be an act of prayer. Right. Yep. Um, and then fasting. Um, there's a lot of ways that God can work within that. Absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's amazing the, the spectrum of which uh, God can work within someone's life. Mm -hmm. um, just taking that time to... Uh, be uh, present with God and focus on um, something that's not normal for the everyday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know we kind of highlighted or just touched on it a little that Pastor Allen's um, sermon on fasting, uh, we had not heard at the last uh, taping of our podcast. But um, if you have not heard it, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, it was a really great message, and he just shared his personal experience with fasting. And, um, you know, the way when you invite God in to your life <laughs> and you say, okay, God, I want more of you. I'm ready to be committed to you. Um, God will take that. He, God will take you at your word, and it might not seem like things are going the way they should, <laughs> right? Because sometimes God has to break things apart before he can put things back together in the way that is best to be able to use us for 
the ministry that he desires for us to do. So I would highly recommend you go back and listen to that sermon if you haven't already. And if you are, um, if you're, hey, if you're listening to this podcast through any of our streaming services, you're going to be able to just go back uh, a couple messages and you'll find the sermon there too. So, yep, go for it. Awesome. Yeah, so then this week, uh, we're getting into two other disciplines, a discipline of study with scripture and the discipline of just acts of mercy. And there's a lot kind of tied up in that as well. So for sure. Yeah. So here we go. So um, this past week, I, I did a message on study and scripture in our lives. Um, and so a lot of the May, you know, a lot of the traditional spiritual disciplines, you might say, um, are really, there's a great book uh, that I mentioned before, Celebration, the Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. And so he breaks down a lot of these traditional disciplines like prayer, like fasting, and also study. And so study um, really coming down to primarily that we would focus on scripture, that it's not just about our little devotional time every morning, right? It's not just, Mm -hmm. hey, let me take 15 minutes, and before I start my day, I'll open my Bible, or I'll open a devotional that has like a verse already pre-printed, right? And just kind of do some reflection and, and do a little time of devotion. But Foster is saying, hey, we need to go beyond that. It's not just a little little bit of God here and there to help encourage us in our day. But we really need to be intentional about studying God's word, knowing it, repeating over and over. <laughs> because, you know, when we want to be proficient in something, we have to be intentional about knowing the details of, of whatever it is that we're trying to be proficient in. Yeah. So as disciples, which disciple means learner, and if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, um, then we need to be learners of Jesus and of God's word. So, you know, and study is also not the kind of thing where you're necessarily doing five hours every day, because obviously (laughs) that's a bit much. Yeah. I mean, hey, unless you're somebody who is like, unless that's your thing, unless you are a professor or you just have hours in your evening that you want to devote to that kind of study. Um, yeah, if you got the time and the willpower, right? I Go mean, for more it. power to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> but really, like, if if you maybe you have one day a week, or Maybe you're going to be intentional about saying, I'm going to take two times a year and just go for like a two-day weekend or three-day weekend and just give myself to some study. Or maybe you're in some type of Bible study with others where you know that at least once or twice a week you have to take some time and really invest in maybe the the book of the Bible that you're studying or the topic in the Bible that you're studying, you know, you can, there are things all through scripture um, that you can study on like the, the gifts of the spirit. And um, so even, even prayer and fasting, like we've talked about already, right? You can take time and study the scriptures. Um, But you can't, it's also not just about the, the scriptures alone, but 
to actually engage in that study, it's so helpful whenever you can come with some commentaries mm-hmm. um, or when you can uh, find a couple of books that people have already done a lot of research. And, and so you can be reading books along with your reading of the book of Philippians. Or, you know, like I said, like your study of spiritual disciplines or your study of spiritual gifts. Um, So whatever the topic might be or whatever the actual book in the Bible is that you're planning to give some time to, you know, there's other resources. And so it's really important. So study is just really important um, because that's how we're going to know more of God. And just like with prayer, just like with fasting, when we decide to take time to study God's word, we're coming to these scriptures. We're coming to this time saying, I want to know more of God. I want God to reveal more of myself, Mm. more of who God is in this time. And I'm coming to this study so that I can be changed. Right? We're acknowledging that Scripture has power by the Holy Spirit, um, actively working in our reading, um, in the very words on the page. And so we're not just trying to gain a bunch of knowledge, but we're our goal is to be transformed. Yeah. Right. Romans 12.2 says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are we going to do that? It's not by, you know, it's not by hanging out with a bunch of friends watching a movie or watching, you know, binging some Netflix or something. No, we need to be in God's word. We need to be studying because that's where the transformation is actually going to happen. That's where it's going to come from. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we do a good job of this. (laughs) I know I don't. Um. One of the the hardest things that I find uh, is that once I've read something, it doesn't doesn't matter what the source is, I don't like to read it again, at least until I feel like I've forgotten what's there. Oh, interesting. Um, So maybe for anyone else that's like that, what's a good way of going about study and the repetition of reading scripture without feeling like, oh, I've already read this? Mm. I think that, so that's a good question. And I think it really has a lot to do with the mindset that you're going into it with. You know, every year at Easter, every year at Christmas, we bring forth the same stories from scripture, right? And yet those are two of the most powerful times of the year. Those are two times that people flock to church because of the memories, because of the that really good feeling that they have, you know, mm-hmm. around those holidays. Well, it's not just because of like an Easter bunny and Christmas presents under the tree, right? Whether they realize it or not, they're engaging the truth of Scripture. They're coming because they have experienced and witnessed the goodness of God in those times. And whether they realize it or not, they hunger for it. They want more of it. They long for it. So if we're reading scripture on a daily basis, 
and we are not excited by what we read, mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with our attitude and how we're coming to it. Why isn't our daily scripture reading or our intentional time studying God's word just as exciting, just as powerful as those moments of Christmas and Easter? It's because we haven't attached those good feelings to it. it ha- it's because we haven't attached the, the goodness of God in the midst of it. We've allowed every day to just become boring. <laughs> uh, but when we come with an attitude that says, I get to spend time with God today. I get to open the Bible and I get to see more of who God is in these words. And I'm excited for that. When we don't come with that attitude, yeah, we can just kind of get lulled into the, oh, here I go. I'm just reading to read, <laughs> you know? Sure. And uh, so I think it, a big part of it is that we just don't come with the right expectations. What about finding uh, a particular verse? Like if if someone doesn't have access to a devotional or maybe a reading plan, um, in the last year we had those little bookmarks uh, that led people through the whole Bible within a year. Yeah, those and those were, were fantastic. Great. Right. Um, you know, maybe if someone doesn't want to do that again, mm-hmm. uh, or doesn't have access to something that's like, here's today's verse, that they could then go to that chapter and just kind of read stuff. Uh, what what might be a good way to just jump in to scripture? There's a lot of people who just say, oh, start at the beginning. And sure, you can do that if you're that type of person that just wants to read the whole thing. Um, if somebody asks me, hey, I've never read the Bible before. Where should I start? I might ask them a couple of questions first. Well, what kind of reader are you? Do you like to read? Mm. If you don't like to read and you're not big on history, don't start in the Old Testament. (laughs) If you are, you know, if you're somebody who doesn't read much, I'd probably start with the Psalms because they're short, right? You can read a chapter of of the Psalm, of a Psalm, and, and it's not very long. But if you stay committed to the Psalms, maybe reading them once, you know, one a day or, uh, or something like that, then you're going to get a lot of scripture and, you know, the Psalms specifically are ones that really are, are prayers. So it's going to help your prayer life too. But maybe you're somebody who, again, doesn't like history, but you love, um, you do enjoy reading I would actually start in either the Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, um, or Paul's letters, because I really love Paul's letters and just the encouragement that we get in those, um, the practical practical things that we're encouraged to do, uh, how we're to live, things we're to not be so concerned with. So, and And when it comes to studying in that kind of way as well, Um, so maybe you're somebody who's been a Christian, you know, you would consider yourself a Christian your entire life, but you just haven't read the Bible much. 
go to the words of Jesus, you know, go to the letters of Paul and just dig into the New Testament. Maybe you take like the book of Galatians or Philippians and just read it every day for a week. Now, I suggest those because Galatians and Philippians, they're short. They're like six and four chapters, right? So you can read those in maybe half an hour. So spend half an hour a day reading them each day for like a week because when you read them over again, when there's that repetition, things pop out like they hadn't if you just read it one time, right? So if you're going to get into studying God's Word, find some Find some places that just, or find a book that just you're able to just sit with and really ruminate on, right? Even, uh, you could even do a couple of the books in the Old Testament, like Jonah. Like that one's not very long either. So Jonah or maybe Esther, um, really great, great books and things that you can really glean a lot from, but aren't crazy long, like Isaiah. Isaiah is a really long book of the Bible. (laughs) You're not going to read that every day for a week. I don't know. Maybe you are. Um, But I'm going to go with probably not. Get through it in a week. You can get through it in a week. But you know what? That's another kind of study. Yeah. Right? So while with like Galatians, you can read that every day for a week and kind of glean some things as you're reading along. Isaiah, that's going to be one that you're going to want to sit with a commentary and, and, you know, like work through um, making notes, highlighting things. Um, and, and you're going to take a couple of weeks just to go through it one time. Yeah. Yeah. So commentaries are cool. Totally. Um, there's a lot of them. Yes. Uh, I feel like it can be difficult to know which one to pick up or to start with sure. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the the best practices, I think, when reading scripture is to understand the context in which it was written. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Not just, and in my opinion, not just like within the verses surrounding a particular verse that you're reading Mm -hmm. or within the chapter or the book, but when you get to a certain point, understanding the context from cover to cover. Mm, Yeah. um, That really helps to bring everything together. Mm -hmm. That takes, that particular thing takes a long time of study to, mm. to get to. Um, but commentaries are great because they give you those little snapshots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most of them have a little background section yep. in the beginning, yeah. at least the ones that I've picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got someone who's spent a lot of time on a particular book uh, giving you their understanding of it mm-hmm. um, and helping to understand the the small things that might not make total sense. Absolutely. Because there's so many times in the translation from Greek from the New Testament or Hebrew in the Old Testament. And, you know, like, for example, the word, there are so many different understandings for the one word praise that we translate, right? So in the book of Psalms, um, there's like over seven different words <laughs> that we translate to our one word praise. Yeah. So when you go through a commentary that can, uh, that some for with someone who is a Hebrew scholar and they can see that in the original language, then they're able to pull out 
how that word of praise is different from another word of praise and how that invokes either a different emotion or like specifically with the word praise, um, it might actually call you to a physical position, like a, a, a position of raising your hands or a position of kneeling. Um, and here we are in English, we're tra- translating all of those things into one word, praise. <laughs> so we need a commentary. Yeah. We need those scholars to show us and help us understand just how deep and meaningful these words of scriptures are, that um, that we need to go beyond our simple understanding mm-hmm. because there's so much more to God's word. And yeah, you know, any commentary that you pick up, I mean, you could find them in libraries right now. Um, there's a lot that you can find online as well. Um, if you just do a little search and, um, and so the really nice thing too, is that you can find different commentaries and compare the different commentaries. So, you know, don't just take one person's word for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can you can go through a couple of different commentaries and see see how they compare. Um, learn about the person who's written the commentary. You know, see what their their background is or what they're really all about. Um, go go back and like find John Wesley's commentaries or his his notes on scripture see what his thoughts are um then go to somebody else who's really gone through all of the historical type details and um it's just incredible what you can learn and how again how powerful those words can be when we really understand like you were saying um just where they where they the words themselves originate from. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So there's a lot to this study, this yeah. thing called study. <laughs> and that's why I think, you know, we need to include it in, in a list of spiritual disciplines um, because that's, it's about taking the time. It's about making the effort. There is a discipline in doing this. So, Yeah. But man, when you bring all of yourself, when you recognize that this is about allowing yourself to be changed and allowing God to work in you and transform you, there's a it, it's a really powerful process. Yeah. It's good stuff. I'm kind of curious now, and I think I might try this. Because um, you mentioned maybe starting your day with the Psalms. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see what happens just starting a day with one of the Psalms and then ending the day with something else. Hmm. So I might try that. All right. We'll see what happens. All right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> nice. So, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about study, but there are some other disciplines, too, that we want to um, highlight. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. So as Pastor Alan and I have uh, planned out this kind of sermon series, um, we looked at a couple of obviously prayer, fasting, study. Those are kind of pretty common. And those are ones, a traditional kind of spiritual disciplines uh, that you'll find in like outlined by Richard Foster and, and in other places. Um, but then uh, I mean, I think probably also because I was in the midst of like preparing for my ordination interviews, um, 
you know, I also tend to look to John Wesley and see his take on things and, and, uh, just being Methodist. So John Wesley, um, he talks about having, um, experiencing God's grace through works of piety and through works of mercy. So for John Wesley, his works, the works of piety that he kind of outlines are things that we've already talked about. You know, he, his thing is, uh, in works of piety, you might individually be engaged with prayer and fasting and study, reading the word, healthy living, sharing your faith, attending worship. But then he talks about um, communally, then we also share the sacraments together. We uh, have accountability with one another and we have Bible study together, right? So mm. not only studying on your own, but together. So those kind of correlate with those traditional um, Christian disciplines. But then he also talks about works of mercy. And uh, so the next couple weeks in worship here at Chippewa, uh, I'm going to be talking about works of mercy, and Pastor Allen's going to be sharing about um, acts of justice um, over the next couple of weeks. So we thought we'd go ahead and just highlight some, you know, those those acts of mercy, right, that we're to be engaging in. Um, because mercy is not just something that we're to give, but it's something that we also receive. And if we're going to be um, intentional in practicing these disciplines, we need to recognize that just as with prayer and fasting and study, we're allowing ourselves to be open to receive what God wants for us. We're allowing ourselves, you know, we're saying, yes, God, here I am. I'm, I'm engaging in these practices because I want more of you in my life. I want to be transformed. I want to become more like Christ. It's not only in those kind of personal aspects, right, that we engage in, but it's we also come with that same attitude and that same expectation when we're doing for others. So, yeah. And these, you know, I think most people are going to be able to say, well, I think I probably know what you're talking about as far as um, acts of mercy, right? We're doing good. Um, doing good works. We're visiting the sick, visiting those in prison, feeding the hungry, giving generously to those in need. Yeah, that seems pretty, you know, pretty standard. <laughs> like, okay, we do that, right? We give to a food pantry or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think like you mentioned before, Chad, you know, how do we go from just picking up a couple extra canned goods at the food, at the grocery store and bringing those to the church to drop them off. How do we go from just doing that simple act to allowing it to be a discipline that can be transformational in our lives? Like that's that's the challenge. Yeah. That's the discipline of it. Right? I don't know about um, those of you listening. Maybe you're part of our congregation or maybe you're not. But, you know, we have all kinds of missions that we um, are involved with, right? Our congregation has a monthly mission that we give to. 
Some of those we actively participate with. Some of those we only give to. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's, you know, that's kind of a, that's a big heart challenge, I think, for a lot of us coming up here. Um, How is it that we're engaging these acts of mercy? And where do we find ourselves in it? So we do a lot of things around here. Like we, um, we have holiday food bags, Christmas and Easter. People bring in donations of non-perishable items. Um, We pack them up. Families, usually around 40 families from the local area, from the Blackhawk School District, Big Beaver, um, and then also kind of the Elwood area with the Yellow Ribbon Girls with their program. Um, We just get names of families, and we're able to give them, like, a lot of groceries. (laughs) I, I just thought, you know, the first year I was here, I thought, oh, it's a holiday bag. Okay, so for a holiday meal, we'll give them you know, like some stuffing and some gravy and maybe a few vegetables and then, um, you know, a box of maybe instant mashed potatoes or something. And there you go. No, no. It's a lot more than that. It's a lot. I mean, cereal and baked goods uh, or baking products and like paper towels and toilet Mm -hmm. paper. And I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. So families are coming and they're leaving with like eight or eight or more bags of groceries. That's incredible. That's a lot. That's a lot of food. That's more than one meal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then we also, um, there's a, a Methodist church close by down in Beaver Falls, Central United Methodist, and they have a, a breakfast program and they also do other meals throughout the week. Um, not every day, but almost. And specifically during this pandemic, they have given out like over 22,000 meals um, in the last year. Well, not even in a full year. Like that was like maybe over nine months. Um, They've done so much. And our congregation will go down once a month to do a breakfast. Um, So that's changed a good bit since the pandemic as Mm -hmm. far as how they go about doing it and the number of volunteers. But that's another one, right? There's a community. There's a need. Um, and we're able to go and help with that. And that started as just the breakfast ministry, I think. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's awesome. And yeah, the way that some of the other churches that are involved, uh, all came together mm-hmm. and, you know, volunteers have stepped up and just been a part of something great to take care of the community mm-hmm. that we're all a part of. Right. Um, that, that's something special to get to see. Definitely. Especially over the last year when everything just seemed kind of overly repetitive and bleak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet people still needed food. Like that that need did not go away. Nope. In fact, it increased a bit. Um, you know, so we're still able to be involved in that. And people are still even and even with, you know, the uh the social distancing and the masking or whatever, like that program did not stop we still were doing what we had to do to stay safe, but made sure that people had food. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. You know, we also um, take part in a couple of other things, like um, there's a program called Rise Against Hunger, uh, right? And that's a feeding program that kind of is all over the world. Um, 
so, you know, we actively are involved in that, making sure that we, we can help pack food again with COVID that's been a little different, but we're, we're actively involved in that. Um, we part our sponsor, uh, or help, you know, help support a, the prison ministry in the area and also the women's shelter in the area. Um, I'm, you know, I really feel like though, the, these are going to be challenges for us because there aren't people from our congregation who are currently engaged in actively ministering in those places. And, you know, if we're going to take seriously this, this call and this need for us to not only, um, engage in ways in our own personal lives, but if we're going to say, Hey, uh, I need to not only show mercy, but receive mercy. We have to actually be face to face with those people that we're offering these, this, these acts of mercy with, um, and two. So, so that's kind of a, that's, that's a big challenge. I think that a lot of people kind of need to hear. We need to hear, I need to hear, you know, um, Hey, as a pastor, you know, I engage in, in acts of mercy in the way that I do visitation, the way that I go to see people either in the hospital or in their homes or, um, you know, in, in some kind of uh, long-term care facility, but you know, I have to go beyond myself too. Those, because you know, you can get comfortable. Yeah. In in whatever acts of mercy you might be engaging in, and uh, and just like reading scripture, we can find ourselves kind of getting into the monotonous, just repetitive nature of it instead of coming at it with the right mindset and the right heart. That no, this is an opportunity for me to meet God. <laughs> this is an opportunity for me to be changed as well as it is for me to care for somebody else. Yeah. So I'm really grateful though, that we have such a variety of ministries around us that we're able to help engage with. Um, another one also down in Beaver Falls is um, the Ashes to Life uh, ministry and their addiction ministry. Uh, what an incredible program that is. And, you know, I know that we have some people who have gone to help with their Sunday school, you know, once a month they'll go down and they'll help teach Sunday school. Um, we have some people who have gone to actually help in their addiction recovery program, which is a, a worship and God centered, uh, program. So not just a regular 12 step with a higher power, but, but a 12 step that says, I'm acknowledging that God is that higher power. Um, so really great ministries and ways that we can actively be working and participating, you know? So it's pretty important stuff. It's really great. Yeah. There's plenty of, of ministries already in place Yes, around the church and in the community. Um, even if they're not church affiliated, just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, good organizations that try to do good for, for others. Mm -hmm. Um, those are good to to get involved in. Um, Absolutely, they don't have to be church uh, sanctioned or related. They don't have to mm -hmm. be parachurch. Yeah, um, anyone can be doing mercy. Absolutely, and I think regardless of the intention, mercy is mercy is mercy. Mm. Mm. You know, if if you happen to be a Christian and you're doing it you know that you're doing it because you have had an experience with God. Mm. Someone else might be doing it just because they think it that's what it means to be a good person. Mm -hmm. 
at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. if, if what God has asked us to do is done, then he can use whatever motivation mm-hmm. for the glory and for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I appreciate that you just said that it's not about, <laughs> it doesn't have to be like a church sanctioned thing. Right. Because we find ourselves in so many different places. Our lives are not the same. We might live in the same community, but this, the, the path that we travel every day, whether it's to and from work, maybe it's a different grocery store, whatever it might be, um, we all have different places where we're going to be able to uh, just in, engage the people around us. And wherever that is, however that is, um, you know, you do not have to come and volunteer at, um, you know, the breakfast ministry for it to count. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't have to be with an organization. Mm -mm. The everyday is the perfect, the perfect place to be merciful. Absolutely. And I, I know somebody who recently shared with me that they, um, for Lent, their, um, their intention was to do one kind thing is the way they described it. One, one nice thing for someone every day during Lent. Well, you know, I I would say that those are ending up to be acts of mercy. (laughs) Uh, You know, they shared with me that they ended up at the grocery store uh, one afternoon and the person in front of them could, I mean, everything was going wrong for that person. Um, they were at the self-checkout. They couldn't get it to go. It was just so frustrating. And then the person, and the person was getting like your basic needs, right? Bread, milk, some ground beef, something like that. You know, just the basic stuff, eggs. So it wasn't even a lot, like maybe $30 worth of food. They had two different cards. Neither one of them worked. You know, and this person just continued to offer like assistance as they're trying to check themselves out. And then as the cards weren't working, the third option, um, the person didn't even realize it. But um, but this friend of mine had put her their card in to pay for that food. And the individual was like, wait, whoa, that wasn't my card. What are you doing? And they're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it you're obviously having a really rough day and but just just receive this and what so what an awesome blessing that was what a generous act of mercy that was for that person to receive but then the person who was giving you know i mean it it wasn't necessarily like some huge thing but it was also significant because it was something that they they had intentions of doing something kind for someone Mm -hmm. and that person just happened to be that person that day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it doesn't have to be the thing you volunteer at once a week or once a month. It can just be those random times, but, but to recognize that we're doing them because God calls us to do it. And in the process, we'll find our hearts transformed. We'll find our lives transformed. Um, so then that brings us back to uh, when we started introducing 
spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. last time. Um, so far, everything that we've talked about has kind of been building the relationship with God, mm-hmm. right? This is one of the, that, well, this is the first one we've talked about, but this is one of the biggest uh, avenues of working on our relationships with other people. Mm. If spiritual disciplines in all of their vast array are about um, uh, building our relationship with God and with others mm-hmm. as as we believe that our, you know, that that's our expression of faith, right? Like uh, we, we talked about not being, uh, like not doing Christianity alone. Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah. you, we come, we gather, we worship, we pray together. That's our, our community. Mm-hmm. That's how we, you know, are with each other. Um, but going outside the walls, doing things every day, uh, mercy, at least in, in my opinion, is about uh, building and, uh, I guess, remedying relationships with other people. Mm. Um, when, when I look at the stuff that Jesus taught, uh, when he was asked the question, you know, what are the two greatest commandments? Mm-hmm. Uh, his answer was, love the Lord your God with all of your being. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. To me, that says that our our entire mission through life is to know God to the fullest mm-hmm. as God desires uh, as his children and to love each other. Seems simple. Yeah. <laughs> Acts of mercy, it doesn't have to be with an organization. It doesn't have to be something that is plastered on a billboard. Yeah. When we're, when we're talking to, to youth about these things, uh, one of the simple answers is always like, help someone across the street or carry a grocery bag. Um, but realistically, that's, it's something small. But sometimes the smallest things make the biggest differences. Absolutely. Um, and regardless what the expression of love is, um, what the uh, the building or fixing of a particular relationship is, it's important. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be something that changes the world immediately. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's probably never going to happen. <laughs> but it's the small, everyday uh, and those are the the acts of mercy, the acts of kindness mm-hmm. um, that change us, they mm-hmm. change others. Mm-hmm. And realistically, I think they come about because we've had a certain experience with God because the more we're in God's word, the more we study, the more we pray, the more we know the heart and the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And... Mercy should kind of be the outpouring of that. Mm-hmm. That should be our response. Absolutely. Not just coming to church on a Sunday and singing some songs. Right. That's great too. Yeah. Worship is important. Worship is great. But I mean, mercy is those acts. Mm-hmm. I, I think they speak much louder volumes than. They absolutely do. You know, that's, those are the things that, that, get people's attention. That's when they recognize um, that you somehow are different than other people. 
You know, it's not always in the words we speak that people recognize Christ. It's typically in the things that we do for them, the attitude that we do them with, right? When it becomes, when it seems as if there's some sacrifice on our part, you know, spending our money for someone else's groceries, that seems like a sacrifice on our part to the other person. And yet it's something that we just do, (laughs) you know, you're right. It's, it's out of our relationship with God. It's out of that building and that understanding of who God is and, and that, that recognition of how Christ calls us to act as, as he did while he was here on earth. Um, that moves us into these acts of mercy. And and it's when we are engaging in those acts of mercy that we find ourselves then um, experiencing the grace of God for ourselves too. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a pretty powerful thing when we come at it with the right understanding and the right knowledge. Because um, anybody else can do an act of kindness for somebody. Um, but to do it for self-gratification, to do it so that you know you've done it, that's not that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> right. Right. We're talking about doing something for somebody else because God has called us to do it and recognizing that it will change us also in the process. Um, yeah. It's what we're meant to do. It's what we're called to. That's what Jesus asks us to do. You know, if somebody asks you to go a mile with them, go with them too. If somebody takes your coat, give them your shirt as well. That's what the scriptures say. Um, And you'll, you know, also I think it's um, Matthew, maybe chapter 25, I'm pretty sure, is, um, you know, when you do for the least of these when you visit somebody who's sick, when you visit somebody who's in prison, when you give someone something to drink, when you feed somebody, when you clothe somebody, you're doing it for Christ. You're doing it for God. And, and you know, that's, that's it. That's the point of it. It's not, about, it's not about getting the recognition or the glory for it yourself or feeling like you've done a good job, (laughs) pat yourself on the back. No, sometimes these acts of mercy are hard. Sometimes they're really uncomfortable. Sometimes it's hard to part with, (laughs) you know? It can be really hard to part with um, some things that when you are engaging and fully committed, listening to the word, listening to the voice of God. Maybe God's saying, I need you to pay for that person's groceries. And you're wondering how you're going to pay for your own. Mm. Yeah. But when we're faithful in those acts of mercy, we'll find ourselves blessed um, in ways that we would not have expected either. So we're not doing it to gain anything other than a deeper relationship with God. That's mercy. Yeah. That's what the spiritual disciplines are. <laughs> it, you know, it takes diligence, it takes work, it takes time, it takes energy, a willingness to listen to God, to follow God's leading. 
and then recognize the blessing in it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of, that's kind of mercy. That's study. That's mercy. That's kind of what we were talking about today. And, um, We'll have some more here in a couple weeks to be able to share with you. I hope you're enjoying. I mean, I hope you've heard uh, at least this one. If not, go back and listen to the other one too. And um, as podcasters say, like, subscribe, share, share, share. Uh, Let people know that you're listening and um, show them how to find us. If you have any questions, Anything that maybe you want to hear us talk about, um, drop us a message on Facebook. Uh, leave it in the comments um, if what you're listening on has a comment section on it. Um, we'd be glad to, to talk about it and cover it. And uh, that definitely that brings you into the conversation as well as yet another theologian. <laughs>